Welcome to Only Yesterday. My name is Tony, and today I've got a very special guest. Uh, who are you? My name is Mo, aka Motivation, or also known as Morgan. Hey, no, nice to meet you, sir. It's like, bro, you know we family. Let's go. So today we're going to be discussing something that's quite important. Um, we're going to be discussing motivation and making power moves. So sources for today are the Sympathetic Nervous System, What It Is and Functions by clevelandclinic.org. Um, How to Measure Motivation, a guide for the experimental social psychologist by Mafarima Torre Tillery and Ayelet Fishbach. I hope I said that right. Um, by the Northwest University and University of Chicago. So we've also got Dopamine, What It Is, Functions and Sym Symptoms by the ClevelandClinic.org. We've also got Literature Review on Theories of Motivation by Benjamin Benjamin Otto, Otto at all um, by the Pentecost University in Ghana. So what is motivation? Uh, motivation, in short, is the psychological force that enables action to fulfill, to fulfill desires or needs. And since it is a psychological construct that cannot be observed or recorded directly, studying it can be difficult. Um, but this raises an important question which is how does one measure motivation? And we will actually discuss more about that later. So how, sir, would you define motivation? I would define motivation as like power, like a dose of power. You know, it's uh, <clears throat> not everyone has it. You know, for me, I feel like I have, what's it called, recreated it multiple times for myself um, throughout my life that now it's like it comes natural. So but I have those days where I have no motivation, you know, and that's why I call it, consider it a power, a dose of power. You know, it's like there's days you get up and you're like, oh, you just get excited to do whatever it is, you know, go to work, get work done. You know, that's it's right. That, that little dose or that little rush or release of dopamine, you know, mm, that's why okay. I call it like a power or a dose, you know. Yo, heard. And I'm actually glad you said dopamine. We're going to be discussing that a little bit further in the episode. And that's it's a good I actually like that uh, definition as well. I can see it as like energy not so much like electricity but yeah. i mean like that energy within you to get shit moving for sure um so to better understand motivation and how it works or how it doesn't work uh, we're going to discuss the main neurotransmitter responsible for it which is dopamine correct my man's already freaking got into it my man knows what's good so Dopamine is a neurotransmitter made in the brain and acts as a chemical messenger <clears throat> communicating messages between nerve cells in your brain and from your brain to the rest of your body. Um, it plays a role as the reward center and in many body functions, including memory, movement, motivation, mood, attention, and more. And so it's actually quite, it's actually really important. Um, it also acts as a hormone. And so dopamine, epinephrine, and norepinephrine are the main, hold on, this is a new word for me, but here we go. Catecholamines, there we go. The main catecholamines which respond to the sympathetic and central nervous system. The central nervous system is essentially just your brain and your spinal cord and, you know, all that stuff that's in there. And the sympathetic nervous system is responsible for the body functions that we really don't need to think about, um, such as initiating the fight, flight, or freeze response, um, controlling of heart rate and blood pressure, digestion, sweating. And these are especially in times of stress. Um, and so speaking of dopamine and really how important it is, um, I remember you having dopamine on one of your products or a board or something. Like, I, I can't exactly remember where it was, but uh, did you end up moving forward with that idea or what, what came of it? Yeah, we uh, we created like a visual representation of just like 
growth as well as like just a, a release of your dopamine and energy. And um, I feel like with your release of dopamine, it brings in a rush of many different things and it brings in change and growth is inevitable with change. So we pretty much visually represented the release with flowers growing from the skull on one of our t-shirts. And it's actually one of our best sellers. Um, we're sold out of it. We sold it, dropped it spring last year, but, uh, it did amazing, you know, and realistically I was just doing it for fun and it did a lot better than I expected. But with my apparel, I feel like that's something we try and do is release a message within, whether it's a graphic or it's words or typography, trying to release like a, a deeper message other than just a, a garment or a piece of clothing, you know? Yo, I, I like that as well, because whenever I think about art or whenever I think about, you know, just portraying really anything, um, not just having it be surface based, right? Like having it be something that goes even further to make you think about it. Yep. You know what I mean? And so people do that with comedy, you know what I mean? Again, with art. Um, everyone has their own perspective, you know, absolutely. they represent it in, in, in many different ways, you know, someone probably wears a t-shirt cause it reminds them of something else. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's a, that's a good point. And so next we're going to be discussing motivation theory. Um, basically the brain on motivation. Um, there are many different motivation, motivation theories in the field of academia, but for the purposes of this episode, we'll be touching on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, as well as Clayton Alderfer's ERG, which is existence relatedness and growth theory. Um, it's also really flexible in this application as it explains the needs as a range rather than a hierarchy. So existence needs include the needs for basic material necessities, right? Essentially, it includes the individual's physiology and physical safety needs, i.e. food, water, safe shelter, environment, um, being able to dispose of waste and clothing, but not necessarily for fashion, but to handle the weather, of course. As for relatedness needs, um, individuals need significant relationships, be it with family, peers, or superiors. They need love and belongingness. Um, they also strive towards reaching public fame and recognition. Um, not necessarily like being a fucking celebrity, but like being, you know, having renown amongst your friends and peers. Yep. Um, this class of needs contains Maslow's hierarchy of needs, um, the social needs more specifically, and the external component of esteem needs, essentially just belonging to groups and having status or recognition, just a layman's term. As for growth needs, uh, the need for self-development, um, personal growth, and advancement um, form this class of need. Uh, this class contains, again, Maslow's self-actualization needs and intrinsic component of esteem needs. So essentially to recognize one's own autonomy and to achieve their potential. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so do you feel like any of these needs were easy for you to meet or like difficult? I mean, uh, nothing's easy, you know? And mm -hmm. I feel like if it comes easy, it's not made for me at least, you know? Um, I've experienced just everything should be hard. It builds pressure. Pressure makes diamonds, you know? And I feel like honestly with like relatedness needs, um, it's hard. You know, you have friendships, relationships, you know, uh, your family relationships and so on and so forth. And so I just feel like with everything, it's uh, uh, taking it with a grain of sand and, you know, moving. Like I said, it's just like everything's hard, bro. Like it, it, it shouldn't come as easy. Some things are going to come easier, you know, because we're naturals at you know certain places. But I feel like it's going to be hard no matter what. And for me, um, I feel like I still struggle with a few of these, you know honestly, all of them, you know, it's because we're not perfect. We're not sound. So it's like 
every day, you know, taking it step by step, like I know that I still need to meet a lot of my growth needs, you know, Mm. like right now, like I'm focusing on what I should be working on. Like after this trip I just went on, it made me like, gave me really refreshing perspective because of everything I experienced where it's like, all right, I need to dial it in a little bit more. I need to organize my movements in a sense, you know? Okay. And so it's just, I feel it's never ending thing that we should all be working on. But of course, as us being human, it's like, we can only be focused on, you know, so many fucking things at once. Yeah, so many things. And that's, that's a good point, too, because we hear and we see so many people who are like, oh, well, I, I know everything. I've learned it all. I've seen it all. I've done it all. Um, and I'm only 40. I've done everything in the entire world. And there's nothing more you can teach me. And like, you're still sitting on the couch. You know what I mean? Still <laughs> not learning anything else. And so it's, uh, yeah, we need to break that if we can. Like, it's continue like to learn. It's like that uh, perspective where it's like, oh, I'm going to retire at 45 or whatever. You know, like it's. I guess like our, the older generation, you know, they're all trying to retire at 65, 40, whatever. Right. And for me, I'm like, damn, like, I don't think I could ever stop working. I feel like if I stopped working, I would go insane. Like, I, mm. I don't know. I, no, I feel that. I jam pack my schedule every day as packed as I can I get it. You pack know, like, it in. You know, right. unfortunately, sometimes I, I don't get to some things, but it's like, I would rather be busy than fucking sitting around. I'd go insane. We're, we're, we're actually going to talk a little bit about that, too. Good stuff. I'm glad you said that, bro. Like, perfect segues. So the next uh, next subject we're going to be discussing, um, which is the main focal point of this episode, is uh, progressive, progressive decision-making, a.k.a. making power moves. Yep. So progressive decision-making is essentially making a decision and then building upon that decision with another impactful decision and then another until your set goals are met. So, for an example, in my situation... Um, going to the military after high school, um, utilizing the GI Bill from the military service to pay for college, and then working in the desired field with that degree after school, then doing a podcast regarding the nuances about the desired field. And so it's being able to set yourself up for success. Sure. And so um, would you consider yourself more outcome focused or more process focused when it comes to building your company and brand? It sounds like process. It sounds like you just love to get that shit in. Well, to be honest with you, it hasn't always been that way. You know, mm-hmm. the last two years, I was always outcome focused, you know, from <clears throat> making a new T-shirt design, creating a sandal or creating our first pair of socks or, um, you know, I've always just like, oh, I'm going to create this and it's going to go crazy. You know, it's like, it's, right, right. I don't got to do it. It's going to sell itself. Um, and so I almost would spend less time on the process you know, of like creating it and like being like more intimate with it and just like get it created because I know I can create it and like I have the tools to create. But when it comes to like, say, releasing and delivery, something's like zero sales. I'm like, oh, fuck, I made fucking 50 of these items. And I got zero sales online, you know, right. and then I started to realize like I cannot be outcome based. Like I need to. And this is something I learned this last this trip since I got back. Um, right, right. I met with another creative. His name is Justin Mensinger. He's one of my good friends. He's a very big in the clothing industry, and uh, he put it into perspective for me is that I need to slow down my creative process. I need Rome's not built in a day. You need to slow it down. And for me, like I just said, as I, I jam pack my schedule, I'm go go go. I'm, you know, I'm got to quote five people after this podcast. You know, <laughs> and I got to send out some orders and mock ups and stuff like that. But, right, right. Um, for me is now I started to realize is that like, I will say this last six months, I started to really realize I'm like, damn, I got to enjoy myself in the creative process more because it's like, when am I going to get it back? Right. When am I, when am I going to feel that way when I'm creating this item, just how it makes me feel not how 
outcome is going to be. You know, I'm like imagining all these different things and all these different people wearing my stuff. And, you know, I need to spend more time on the creative process, enjoy that. And then I feel that my delivery, I can spend more time on that and, you know, make it better and hit people where they want it in a sense. You know, it's like that's, I don't know very refreshing perspective for me as of this last few months, you know, and that something I've been working on is being more focused in the, the details and just going ham on that instead of worrying about an outcome. Yo, yeah. the, <clears throat> that's a good point. And I'm actually, I'm glad you said that as well, because that's kind of how I feel about the podcast as well. Right. I feel like if I was just super outcome focused, I'm like, okay, I just need to get a hundred episodes out. I need to just get this out and just make the shittiest, worst, terrible fucking episodes that anyone would ever listen to. Um, but instead I'm focusing on more on the process of putting that episode, like each individual episode, which is why I want to make sure it's research-based, which is why I want to make sure I bring on people who are, you know, competent in the subject matter that it brings another layer rather than just having a, a shitty episode. Right. And like you mentioned earlier, it's just like, you'd rather dive deeper than being something surface area. Cause we could sit here and bullshit all day. You know, yeah, I, could yeah. say, I could sit here and tell you about my brand, how I built this on and so forth all day. You know, mm-hmm. it's, I could talk about myself just like anybody else could, but it's, it's way more, I guess, refreshing as well as like soul food, you know, it's wholesome when you can dive deeper and not just be so surface area. No, agreed. I a hundred percent agree with you. Resonates with people more. Mm-hmm. Like resonates like a, like a bell, like bang, like the gong <laughs> resonates, you know. And so, regarding your you know your brand, your companies. Uh, so, what were some of the progressive decisions in becoming an entrepreneur? Right, like how did we get here? I feel like uh, just organizing, monetizing, and scaling. You know, um, right. paying attention to the people that inspire me or the reason I even do this. You know, like some days I still question, like, what even fucking got me into clothing? (laughs) You know, like what? Like I go back to that often, actually. It's like, why why clothing? (laughs) Like, why not canvases? Why not glass? Why not whatever? Why not clay? Clay, you know, like there's, it it still rings in my head that I'm like, well, it's for a reason. I obviously picked it up and had an interest in, you know, I would say pretty decent at it, at creating so yeah, like I said, it's just organizing, monetizing, scaling, you know, focusing on the processes more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like for instance, like uh, with my custom apparel side of things, we've kind of freeballed it where it's like, hey, Tony hit us up. He wants shirts. You know, it's like, okay, when can we get the shirts done? Oh, let's give him a date now. You know, kind of like estimate date. Right, right. You know, it's kind of just like as it comes in. But what I did before I left on my trip, because it's like the longest trip I've taken ever, I feel like a week, two weeks. Oh, um man. I was able to put some processes in place, systems in place that my two team members were able to easily get through, you know, A to C instead of A to Z. Mm, Perfect. I simplified it. You know, I was very clear on what needed to get done, how it needed to get done, prep the stations for it to get done. And then while I'm gone, two days, two days while I'm gone, they got two of the jobs. I didn't think we'd get done until I was back. You know what I mean? Done. So just um, putting those processes in place Mm -hmm. and then, making them, I guess, copable or what is it? Um, comprehensive. Right. I'll even say digestible. Digestible. Yeah. Right, right. You know, easily to consume and yeah, understand. Yeah. And that's another thing that I'm working on right now, you know, building a process to where it's easier for Tony, you mm-hmm. to hit us up and go through us instead of hitting up Printify or another local print co- company out here, you know? Right, right. So it's just, um, 
I feel like, yeah, monetizing, focusing on like the little things, you know, my, my interactions, keep my interactions very simple, get all the information I need from the client, you know what I mean, to get where I need to be right. without having to hit the client up a million times and back and forth. Yo, that's a, that's a good point, bro. See, I, no, I'm glad you're here. No, for sure. Absolutely. Um, and so regarding, uh, regarding your company and whatnot, like, so what goals are you wanting to accomplish now? Like what's next? Uh, scaling. Scaling. Really focusing on, like I said, my processes. Like, of course, I want to make them seamless. Right mm-hmm. now, they're not seamless. You know, I, I'm just putting certain things into play, testing things, testing the waters. Um, but, like, it, it, it's it's hard running your own business. You know, it's uh, having my best friend slash partner, you know, help me. I can't sit here and tell him what to do. I have to find better ways to suggest our work, suggestive work, and uh, find better ways of, like, this is what we need to get done, you know, Um there's certain psychology behind it of trying to get work done. Mm-hmm. You know? right. So like, this is what we need to get <laughs> done. Sit, how do we yeah. get it done? Yep. You could sit and tell somebody, this is what needs to be done and how it needs to be done. But a majority of people don't grasp that. Yeah. It's not, you know, easily able to be grasped. So it's like putting it in a different perspective or wording or, you know, um, I guess like it's the same process, but pretty much different language, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Translating it differently, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it's like, I just feel like building and building and scaling those systems is going to put so many things into play because then you could hit us up and now like my goal is I want a three to six day turnaround. Ooh, okay. Because I have people, uh, reason I don't do weddings, birthdays, funerals, uh, baby showers, too Mm -hmm. much emotion involved, right? I still get people hitting me up for whether it's just their basic clothing brand, their podcast, their company that's huge, their corporate company, whatever, they want to print it by tomorrow. Mm. I'm like, I don't have your logo. I don't have your items. <laughs> How am I going to print it by tomorrow? Right? So that's something I'm trying to work around or work with, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of instead of charging this wholesale rate that I'm charging, and because I'm, I'm competing with all these big companies out here. There's companies that are doing 50,000, 100,000 items, all of jazz stuff, so on and so forth, that I'm competing with. Like my prices compete with their prices. Mm. But what I'm now going to put into place is I'm going to up my prices, but make my turnaround faster. Okay. Yeah, so that's reasonable. Like people, people come in and be like, oh, I want it in three days. Done. You just got to pay my rate. Okay, word. You know, and instead of me being like, Oh yeah, here's our wholesale rate, and then I'm gonna charge you a four hundred dollar rush fee because you want it in a day. Mm. You know, it's just our prices, our prices speak for our work. Right, right. You know, and that's something I'm trying to you know implement and put into put into play. You know, just build us up more, make us more valuable. You know, that's gonna I personally feel it's gonna make some of our return clients not come back because our prices are gonna go up. Mm. You know, but at the same time, the people who get it get it, and the people who don't don't. Right. And that there it is. Like, and so that's another thing is, um, when I, when I hear about people who say, Oh, I I want you to change this. I want you to do this differently because it will make me feel better as a customer, as a consumer. And then you have to think about, okay, well, what makes most business sense, right? Like what's the most, like, how can I maintain the most business integrity and personal integrity while also catering to my clientele base? And so sometimes decisions have to be made, you know? And so I just want to, just want to echo that. And so next we're going to discuss the uh, the costs and benefits. Um, and so some of the smaller scale costs um, regarding, you know, being a business owner or whatever. So uh, time spent with friends and family, sleep, being able to play your favorite video game or if you are gaming or whatever. Um, and so do you feel like the benefits outweigh the cost, the uh, lower scale costs? Um, 
Yes. You know, it's, uh, it's hard to say at times because, of course, like having a storefront, paying rent there, having a shop space, paying rent there, mm-hmm. you know, having to make sure my guys are paid. <clears throat> um, I would say yes on a small scale because it's like all these little things build up to big things. You know, mm-hmm. for instance, like if we wouldn't have got the storefront we have now, um, I feel like I wouldn't have built this little community of teenagers that I have. All these kids all go to different schools. And they're the only ones wearing OM in the school. Mm. And they only wear OM. You know, right, they, right. They, their moms are coming into the store and like buying the gear for them. And then like, this is all they wear. I can't even get them to take off the t-shirt we bought him two weeks ago. Hey. And he hasn't washed it once. You know, I'm like that, like super rewarding, you know, that and that I feel it outweighs the, you know, the low end cost. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course it's, it's forever balance in a sense, you know, trying to continue to make it balance. You know, like I was talking with my partner is that. We're trying to figure out how to make the storefront work more. We don't got foot traffic. One, it's winter, you know, but we don't have a lump sum of foot traffic. 90% of people out here don't even know who we are. Right, right. You know, it's like, don't even know we have a store. Mm. You know, if they see our store, they're like, what is it? (laughs) You know, I got people coming in all the time. What is it? What do you guys do? Mm. You know, and it's kind of hard. Like, oh, we do clothing as well as we make clothing. uh, We do stickers. You know, it's a challenge, you know, so it's, I feel like, uh, at times it outweighs those those lower end costs, but you know, got to eat them. Charge right. it to the game. Got to eat them. Got to charge it to the game. Charge it to the game. And so, yeah, I'm, I feel that, bro. And so, regarding the uh, the smaller scale, you know, like times with fr- times with friends, times with family, sleep, right. like we're sacrificing that so then we can maintain the business. Right. And so, regarding the larger scale costs, now again, maintaining a business, licensing, stocking the location with shit, paying the employees. Um, do you feel like? those costs or rather the benefits outweigh that cost as well not right now not right now um you know when we were in when we had a lower cost overhead mm-hmm. you know when we first started um there's a reason i could pay my friend 1200 dollars a month you know and not right. fret not whether we were making that or not it was like the overhead's minimal it'll pay off it'll pay off it'll pay off you know that's that's what my mindset was um but since we kind of got forced out and got into a bigger place mm-hmm. i started to realize and at that time, because of our low cost overhead, I was able to save so much and build the business up a bit. But then when we got out and we're like, all right, warehouse ready. We're, we're ready for a warehouse, you know, get this big old warehouse that we didn't even use a quarter of the space. And oh. it's 10 times the rent that we were paying. Um, it definitely didn't. It didn't make sense, mm. you know. And so something I always say, I was like, I'm just trying to make sense of it. <laughs> you right, know? trying like, to make sense. I'm trying to make sense as in like money. And I'm, I'm trying to just make sense of it. You mm. know, it's... uh. I don't know. I feel like you got to pick your battles, you know, Absolutely. and that's something I realized too, is that with owning this business, I'm like, damn, like I had to turn away some clients that were, you know, $5,000 paycheck, but it's cause they want it in such an amount of time or they want a certain type of print or whatever. Right. Something that just, we, we maybe could do, but it just didn't make sense. Um, you know, there's those, what's it called? Little nicks, I guess you could say is like little, what's it called? Missed stepping stones, I okay. feel like, but it's it's worth missing those, you know, to not overwork ourselves, to not undervalue ourselves, you know. Um, but this last year that with the business is it, it taught us so much, you know. We Good went stuff. from we went from low cost overhead to extreme overhead cost to no money left in the business to where I'm like, yo, tell my friend, I was like, I can't pay you, mm. you know. I'm like, we're gonna have to give it a month or two, and I'll, I'll figure out what we're gonna do. And right, then right. we got blessed with getting our store and our other location, you know, so um, everything happens for a reason, 
you know, yeah, good stuff, whether we like it or not, <laughs> yeah, whether we like it or not, like yeah. the reason is there. Yeah. So you had mentioned, you know, having a low overhead and then a high overhead and then a low overhead again. And so we're going to be uh, discussing now measuring motivation and success. Um, and so in a extremely condensed version, because again, this is like really dense research shit. I just wanted to give you guys the, the most, you know, the, the meat and potatoes of it. Okay. Um, so Cognitive and affective measures of motivation include activation, evaluation, and perception of goal-related constructs, um, i.e. deliberate and thorough consideration about ways to attain one's goals um, and the subjective experiences they invoke within a person. So essentially within yourself saying, okay, how am I going to do this? How am I going to achieve this goal? What? How can I measure how close I am to achieving it? And so on and so forth. That happens within the person, or it usually does happen within the person. Um, the behavioral measures of motivation, um, they're made evident when a goal, when goal-directed behavior is performed through action. Um, so, however, behavior is not merely the outcome of motivation. Um, researchers often use behavior to infer motivation and observe the strength of motivation by the extent to which one's actions are consistent with the focal goal. So in layman's terms, essentially measuring your choice, measuring your speed, performance, and persistence exerted when trying to pursue your goal, right? Like how committed to you are making sure that your goal is fucking done and achieved. Yeah. Um, I think that's important as well because there's not, again, you can't really see the motivation within somebody. You, it, it has to most times come out in behaviors. Um, so how do you measure your own success? Um, I feel like for a while I didn't. You know, I didn't know how to. Um, I mean, still, I'm learning. Still learning. Right. Um, <clears throat> still learning how to give myself credit. You know, like, this vacation was honestly very eye-opening for me, and I realized, I'm like, damn, like, uh, right before I left on my vacation, I was just doing some branding stuff with organized movements and mm -hmm. our lifestyle brand, and I pretty much was, like, wanting to start fresh, but not, you know, not sure. So I took everything off the I took everything off the Instagram. I'm like, it's cool, but it's not cool. Like I was kind of like almost discrediting myself of all everything that we've created and like the way we've made it look and released it and so on and so forth, right? Mm. But then while I'm on this trip, I'm like, I met some very cool people, very valuable people, um, and they put a lot of things in perspective for me. That like, I went back and I looked at like all my content. I looked at everything we created, and I started realizing I'm like, bro. Like, this shit's sick. Like, <laughs> this childhood me would be ecstatic. You know what I mean? Like, this is something I dreamed of. This is something I watched, you know, before I worked at Zoomies, I watched friends and friends of friends and just other people out here building their brands and companies, you know? Feist Gallery is one of those companies that just, I watched them build up with Qualitry, you know? And they're fucking huge now, you know? Right, like, right. this All-Star Weekend, after All-Star Weekend, they were on the Sneakers app. Yeah, it's worldwide. You know what it, I mean? So it's, it's just down. like, um, for me, is like taking that time, taking the time to give yourself the credit, you know, and uh, I'm not the best at it just because, like I said, I'm always go, go, go. I'm, I'm on to the next, you know. Right, I'm, right. I'm releasing something in end of March and I'm already focused on summer. You know what I mean? Like it's like I need to, like I said, slow my creative process down, but also just slow it down for myself and give myself, you know, more credit and – yeah, just give myself more credit, pat myself on the back, value myself more because like I feel like measuring your success is hard. It's mm -hmm. No, it is. And it, I, being a creative, you know, cuz we're our biggest critic. We're mm -hmm. the hardest 
the hardest person on yourself is you. The only person that can limit yourself is you. Right. So it's like to measure your success, it's like, or like you said, it's like, how would you measure your success? It's like, I don't think I have. Mm. I just think I've like soaked it up and kept going, soaked it up and kept going. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel that. Um, and I'm, I'm glad you said that as well, because acknowledging the progress that you've made is super important. Otherwise, we are going to get overwhelmed. We're going to be like, I had, what the fuck is all this for? Like, I'm doing all this for nothing. Like, yeah, okay, I've got this done. But if you take steps along the way and be like, okay, yes, I did this, I did this. And like, you'll, I feel like it'll feel more rewarding right. once you reach that goal. You're like, damn, I did all this stuff on the way up to the goal. And I'm now I'm moving on to the next one, you know? And so right. I think it's, um, I think it's important to measure your own success. Um, I agree. In whichever way you feel possible. If you think in, in a different way than you used to, if you're less toxic than you used to be, or whatever the case. Credit um, yourself, for credit sure. Credit yourself. Give yourself Take the credit. Moment. Absolutely. Um, so what can we do? Uh, we can do over-the-counter dopamine. Absolutely. Um, there's some supplements that, um, that well, I guess, like mimic dopamine. Um, not exactly sure which ones they are, so I'm not going to re- recommend any right now. Um, you can get inspired. I'm not a physician. And I'm not a physician. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to tell you what's the best one for you because I don't know. Uh, so getting inspired by your peers, for sure, you know, looking around you, seeing who's doing what and seeing what you can do to do better if you are, you know, wanting to do better. Um, exercising, right? Like getting getting that motivation up. Like, okay, boom, I'm feeling hyped. I'm feeling energized. Okay, let's go do something. And honestly, whatever it is that you want to do, just do it and feel like feel worthy enough to do it, like motivate yourself like you are. You're enough. Like no one can do whatever it is that you're about to do. No one can do it just like you can. And so whatever it is that you're going to do, do it differently than your other competitors out here. But make your make your stuff valuable. Make yourself valuable. You know what I mean? So got anything else? No. Build value. Add value to yourself. Add value to your friends. Mm, Add value to your relationships. Realize that you're a valuable person. You know, if you're alive, you're breathing, you're well. You have value. Mm -hmm. You have potential. You have purpose. You know. Absolutely. Yo. So if you or anyone you know are struggling with motivation or making power moves, yo, please reach out. Please seek help. Please be there for one another. This world is wild. This world is crazy, but we're trying, and I feel like that should be worth something. All right, y'all, I'll catch y'all on the next one. Bye. Don't come for me. No, but this is actually fun. It's informative because I've already learned a couple of things that I didn't know or things that I hadn't thought about.